You are listening to the Sermon Podcast of Fellowship Bible Church. Thank you for stopping by. We sincerely hope you are blessed. Enjoy. But Brian said something last week. He noted that Psalm 98, if you're in your bulletin looking at Psalm 98, Psalm 98 was written out of the context of sufferings. Right, the, the majority, almost all of, of Scripture, of the, the experience of God's people, are sufferings. And if not like some grandiose persecution, certainly then just the, the difficulties of life that we experience, only amplified by living in a pre-industrial, pre-technological, pre-doctors you know, and dentists kind of world. Psalm 98 was written out of the context of suffering, and it has been read for the last about 3,000 years-ish in the context of suffering. Right, that is the common experience of God's people. It is the common experience. Suffering is the common experience of all people. And yet it is our claim as Christians, and it is our claim this Christmas morning, it is the claim of Psalm 98, that there is and can be joy. As we begin this morning, let me just ask you to reflect on this question. Do you believe in joy? I know you've got lots of reasons to not to. We've all got lots of reasons to not to believe in joy. But it is our claim that there's such a thing in joy, as joy. We, we wonder about this, though. How could there be joy in this world? Where would such joy come from? And so let's turn our attention to Psalm 98. I'm not going to do a lot of work in the text Jeremiah, Mike, and Brian did a lot of work in the text, and they did an excellent job. But I'm going to just sort of give a, an overview of the three stanzas that they, that they tackled. And you're going to notice that in each of the stanzas, there's a fundamental truth that then elicits a response that has an ultimate goal. And so in verses 1 to 3, the first truth is that God has done marvelous things. We see this right away. God has done marvelous things, right? He has... He has worked a great salvation. He has revealed His steadfast love. And because of what God has done, the response is that we sing new songs, sing to the Lord a new song. And the goal of that singing, the goal of that truth and that singing is that all the nations would hear about this God. We see the same framework in the next three verses, in verses 4 to 6. Here we start with the truth of who God is. At the end of verse 6 it says, we're to make all this joyful noise because of the King, the Lord. Because our God, our Lord, His identity is, the, is actually as our King. And our King's identity is the Lord. And the response that that truth is supposed to elicit is this joyful noise that Mike talked about. And the goal is that all people, everybody who can sing, will join in this great chorus and make this joyful noise. And then the last stanza that Brian brought us last Week, the last stanza, the truth is what God will do. So what God did, who God is, and then the psalm concludes with what God will do. The response is to be this riot of celebration. The trees, the, the rivers, the hills. The goal is that everything, that everything would join in praising the Lord. That everything would be filled with joy. So Psalm 98 is saying... That someday the world is going to be more filled with joy than the world now is filled with sufferings. That someday the world is going to be more filled with joy than the world is now filled with sufferings. How is that going to be? 
scriptures. How is that? Where is that joy going to come from? What does the psalm say? The psalm says that these truths contain that joy. Did you notice that? That's why I outlined it in that way. These truths are the root of the joy that's going to fill the earth. What God has done. Sing new songs to all nations. Who God is. Joyful noise for everybody to participate in. What God will do. Riot of celebration to fill everything on the planet. These truths contain that joy. We are gathered here around the Word of God because we believe that these truths contain that joy. We like to reference the, uh, the obscure prophetic book of Habakkuk around here periodically, Habakkuk 2.14, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, like the waters cover the sea. And Psalm 98 is saying, and that means that the earth will be filled with joy. The earth will be filled with the knowledge, the truth of who God is, and so the world's going to be filled with joy. Joy to the world. At Christmas, it is uh, cliched to say that what Jesus is the reason for the season. Why is there a season for Jesus? Why isn't there a season for you? (laughs) Why isn't there a season for me? Why is there a season for Jesus? There's a season for Jesus. Now pay attention very carefully here because Jesus brings the joy. And I want you to see this logic here. The truth contains the joy. Jesus is the truth. Jesus brings the joy. The truth contains the joy. Jesus is the truth. Jesus brings the joy. And that's why we have Christmas. I'm so thankful for Tony's opener that we, do we need to make a big deal about Christmas? We absolutely do. Because here, finally, that joy has come. Jesus fulfills the truths that Psalm 98 talks about Jeremiah and Mike and Brian described how Jesus is the greatest, wondrous work that God ever did. He, re- he, he brings that salvation. He reveals God's steadfast love. Jesus is the King who is the Lord. And Jesus is the coming judge who will put all things right. Jesus fulfills this word, but also Jesus embodies this truth. He embodies this joy. Now, in the gospel stories, we don't see a lot of Jesus, you know, cracking up and having a good time. We don't see a lot of his obviously joyful behavior, but we know that Jesus obeyed perfectly. So nobody in history heard Psalm 98 and lived it out more accurately and completely than Jesus did. Jesus was that person who was always humming. Jesus was always whistling and singing and having to sing louder than everybody else at every song and every service. And everybody looked at Jesus, everybody, they thought, why is this guy so happy? What's his problem? You ever see these people, right? You're in a bad, sometimes I'm in a bad mood, believe it or not. Sometimes I'm in a bad mood and, you know, I'm pumping my gas and there's somebody in a car smiling or laughing or, you know, I'm like, What's their deal? You know? What? But people are saying that, what, what do we say when we see somebody like, say, what do, they, what do they know that I don't know? What do they know that I don't know? Hey, what does Jesus know that, 
that we're here trying to get. Nobody knew, nobody knows the glories of God like Jesus did, and the truth contains the joy. So nobody, no human being has ever been as joyful, as joy-filled as Jesus was all the time. Stack up every celebrity on every glossy magazine. They all look so happy and fit and successful. Nobody's ever been as joyful, ever, as Jesus. And Jesus distributes this joy. Jesus is the source of this joy. I referenced a moment ago Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14. There's a really interesting connection here I want you to see. Habakkuk 2.14 says that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. The only other place in Scripture that phrase is used, the knowledge of the glory of, is in 2 Corinthians 4.6 where Paul applies it to Jesus. He says that God has shown into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The knowledge of the glory of God that is going to fill the earth has come in Jesus. Jesus is the one who brings the joy that will fill the world and that can fill our lives as well. And I want to listen to Jesus now and how, how that joy in Jesus' mind is going to come into our lives. Listen to what he says in John 15, 11. These things I have, what does he say? Spoken. These things, these truths, I've said to you. I've spoken these truths to you so that what may be in you, my Jesus' joy may be in you and your joy may be full. I'm giving you these truths because I've got all the joy that you so desperately need. Jesus is the source of the joy that we all long for, and he distributes it to us through truths. And so because of who Jesus is and what he does, we now encounter something in the writings of the New Testament that we will look in vain to find in other writings of ancient people's before. We find joy talked about alongside sufferings. We find that there's now joy available to us in sufferings. Paul says in Romans 5.3, we rejoice in our sufferings. Peter says, rejoice as you share Christ's sufferings. And Paul goes so far as to say, rejoice in the Lord Always, which is such fantastic news because not suffering is not one of the options. For joy to exist, it must appear amidst our sufferings, it must come to us in our troubles. And the message of Scripture is that Jesus brings that soul-filling joy and He brings it, thanks be to God, to sufferers. Friends, some of you may be here this morning and when I asked that question, do you believe in joy? You were like, I don't know. If you've given up on joy, if you're thinking about giving up on joy, don't. Don't. We believe 
in joy because we have met Jesus. So now how do we access this joy? I just want just to recite a couple couple scriptures. How do we access this joy? 3,000-ish years ago, the psalmist writes in Psalm 1611, in your presence is fullness of joy. In your presence is fullness of joy. And then we turn to the Gospels and John writes in John 1 that, that the Word of God who is God has come and dwelt among us. So the presence of God that gives us fullness of joy has come to us in Jesus Christ our Lord. And so the Father can say to the disciples about the Son, they can say, this is my beloved Son, the Father says, listen to Him. My words I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you. And you're, listen to Him. And Paul writes to the Ephesian church in Ephesians 3, he says, I want, my prayer for you, church, is that you would come to know the love of Christ. Know the love of Christ so you may be filled with the fullness of God. And he says to the Colossian church in Colossians 3, he says, Oh, church, set your mind on where Christ is. Set your mind on where Christ is. The presence of God. Listen to Jesus. Know, get to know Jesus. Put your mind on Jesus. This is how we access this joy. We have some beautiful pictures of this in the Christmas stories. When the angels come, what do the angels announce to the shepherds? They say, the source of joy has just been born. And what do the shepherds do when they hear that? They say, let's go see. And what does it say? They hurried off. How do we, let's hurry off and go to Jesus, the source of joy. When the wise men, who their whole life have been studying the stars, they see the star in the east that indicates that joy has come. What do they do? They say, pack it up. <laughs> Load up the camels. They get everybody going and they set out on a multi-year journey. They're going to seek diligently, seek out the child who is the source of joy. Friends, how do we access this joy? If, if we lack joy, if you lack joy, which is we all lack joy, <laughs> all of us, it comes to us in Jesus' presence. In his voice, his word, that's what we need. Friends, this morning, you and I, we need more Jesus. And when that happens, something happens. We reference this verse regularly, at least the first part of it. It's regularly my prayer before I preach that the word of Christ would dwell in us richly. What does it mean for the word of Christ, the word, the truths, to dwell in us richly? Paul immediately says in that verse, singing. It's Psalm 98 all over again. Here's these truths, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. The word, the truth goes in. Songs and joy comes out. Because again, why? Because the truth contains the joy. The truth contains the joy. Later this week, when you've completely forgotten this, and you're grumpy, or your spouse will appreciate this, or you're, you know, when they're grumpy, say, hey, don't forget, the truth contains the joy. <laughs> the truth contains the joy. Friends, God's strategy to fill the earth with the joy is to hand his people joy-filled truths. That's his strategy. That's it. To hand his people joy-filled truths. God is in this way like Mike's crazy uncle that he referenced. 
He's, he shows up at the Christmas Eve party, and he, he goes, he gets, kids, kids, and he grabs all the soda cans, and he goes, here you go. There you go. That's, that's our God. He says, here's the truth. Go spread the joy. And so we are in this world in such a way that people look at us and they say, why are they so happy? It's clearly not their circumstances. We have marital difficulties. We have challenges at home. We have work stresses. We have financial woes. We have anxieties and distresses and struggle with despair. Just like everybody else, it's clearly not their circumstances. What do they know that, the, that we don't know? Hey, what do we know that they don't know? We know who's in charge. What's his name? <laughs> right? We know what the God is like. It's Jesus. And we know what he's up to. He's working good for Jesus' sake and ours. This knowledge of Jesus holds the only real joy that there is. And that joy is enough to fill our hearts. And someday, if Scripture is to be believed, it's enough to fill the world. So this Christmas, I hope that you see one thing. That what your life is missing and what my life is missing is more Jesus. And I hope that you will do one thing this Christmas. I hope that you will give yourself a little more to Jesus and open your heart a little wider to his word. At this time, before I pray, I'd like to invite the music team back up. We're going to conclude our service with a, a double whammy, two songs. And then Tony will close us with a benediction. But as the music team makes its way up, would you join me in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we are gathered here this Christmas Eve morning in the name of Jesus. And we are gathered here, we freely confess, in search of joy. And so we ask that you who called light out of darkness, that you would shine the light of the knowledge of your glory into our hearts in the face of our beloved Lord Jesus Christ, that we may have joy in his name. And Jesus, we are here before you because we see that our joy resides in you. And so we are gathered, and so we pray this Christmas Eve. O oh, come to my heart, Lord Jesus. O oh, come to my heart, Lord Jesus. There is room in my heart for Thee. Holy Spirit, hear our prayer, and do Your work in our hearts. Do your filling work, Lord, and fill us full. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Pastor David. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of Fellowship Bible Church. We sincerely hope you enjoyed this reflection on Scripture, and we pray that this word dwells in you richly.